Welcome everyone to a special weekend edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. So once again, been a bit of a, a difficult week getting shows out. I apologize for that. Uh, working through some stuff. If uh, you guys have followed me at all or you know me at all, you know what that is code for, but uh, we're, we're working through it and figuring things out. So yeah, a um, couple of things want to cover today. First, let's preview game three. It is the Flames taking on the Edmonton Oilers, the two teams splitting the first two games in Calgary, now heading up to the provincial capital for games three and four. And the big thing that has been a bit of a, oh dang, for me in this series, um, this isn't like genre-defining or anything like that. Like, oh man, did you hear what Peter Klein said about Connor McDavid? But I have never seen anyone as dangerous when they are, like, in possession of the thing that you're supposed to have in your sport, whether it be a football, a basketball, a, a baseball, anything, as, like, as Connor McDavid is, comparatively speaking, to the rest of the sport. Like, Steph Curry is a threat to hit a shot at every moment, and LeBron James and Giannis. Like, there are guys like that in, in basketball. But for for hockey, where you get anywhere from one to seven, I guess, goals, or nine in this series, um, in any particular game, the fact that every time he touches the puck and, like, if when he touches the puck and something major doesn't happen, that feels like a win, is insanity. I've never seen anyone like this before, and especially the run that he is on right now. And this is the difference between the regular season and the postseason, because in the regular season, I mean, the Flames have to deal with him, like, five, six times. But those are just kind of one-off, spaced out, and it's like, okay, you know what? He's going to get his, and hopefully you can get around it. In a seven-game series, you kind of have to figure it out more than, oh, well, fucking Connor McDavid, I guess. And that's... I've I've never had to process that before, to be perfectly honest. Like, I, I've just always... There's always been the, yeah, Connor's going to get his, and you just kind of hope that you can beat them around that. That's not a good way to win a playoff series, though. And so, from a Flames perspective, I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do with him. Like, the, Rasmus Anderson had, I thought, great positioning on Connor behind the, the, the net in Game 2. And then Connor just swings around, beats him, and it leads to a Duncan Keith goal. Like, it's just, you can, you can play him perfectly and still lose. I said on Game Over Calgary, after Game 2, there is no good position on Connor McDavid. There's just varying degrees of being out of position for when he evidently just, or eventually just beats you. And so, for for Calgary, like, I just, I truly don't know. I, I honestly and truthfully don't know what the Flames are supposed to do with Connor McDavid. The issue is when the other guys are stepping up. And I think that was something that we saw in game two where Hyman had an excellent game. We haven't really had a dry sidle game yet. I know he's dealing with some injuries. We may not see a dry sidle game. But like as much as we like to poke fun at him, there's been a few times where Vander Kane has been dangerous. It's when the other Oilers are going that it becomes a, a very big concern. And so for Calgary now, you really notice the, the the lack of a Chris Tanev. We'll see what his availability is for game four tonight, or for game three tonight and for the rest of this series. But this is one where you are really missing him. And now you don't really have the matchup advantage. Now, Calgary hasn't really been trying to match things up that much anyway, but I'll be interested to see what the adjustments are around Connor McDavid, because holy crap, has he been electric. 
back to game two, didn't love what the, the Flames got from Matthew Kachuk. And this is, once again, he's had a couple of big games. All of a sudden, he's time for, tied for the team leading goals. And it's okay. Things have been figured out. Everything is fine with Matthew Kachuk. And then you have the game like last night, and it's or a couple of nights ago, and it's a bit of a concern, once again, that maybe he's he's not as impactful. And he's I would still overall graded as a fine series for him so far, but he is one who needs to to really step up, especially if Connor McDavid is out there dominating. We know McDavid is going to be the best player in this series. If the Flames can have the second and third best players in this series, that is a massive advantage, and that is actually feasible considering the status of Leon Draisaitl right now, but th they can't do that if Matthew Kachuk is not stepping up in a big-time way and helping this team create offensively. Gaudreau's been fine. I, I've really liked what we've seen from the Coleman line so far, and I think the Backland line is getting a lot of um, defensive responsibility, and so that, I mean, that that's just going to happen. But I think Backland's had a very good series as well, but I, I really feel like offensively for the Flames, Matthew Kachuk is someone who very much needs to step up. A couple of other notes I've, I've mentioned on Game Over Calgary, but just want to re reiterate them here. Shots, I get it's fun for us to say every shot you throw on Mike Smith is a scoring chance, but shot selection from the from the point has to be a little bit better for the Flames. There's been a couple of opportunities where they're working hard, good offensive zone, whatever, and then a shot just gets wasted from the blue line. Shillington did that a couple of times. There was one, it might have even been on the power play, but I can't believe that Zadorov was on the power play, so I might be misremembering things, but there was... It was kind of late in the game. The still was the the game was still in the balance, and it was just face off wins the door off weights one on net, and it stopped and held. And it's like that's not the optimal one. I get the hockey whatever is just when in doubt throw the puck on net, but th there has to be a bit of doubt first. It can't just that that can't be default setting first thing. Go boom oh dang. There has to be at least some attempts to create some form of offense out of that, and I think the Flames need to be getting a little bit more in that respect going into this game from an Edmonton perspective. Defense needs to be a whole lot better. The The breakdowns with Richie being left alone in front, D-zone coverage has been a monumental issue in this series for the Edmonton Oilers, and really has been a monumental uh, issue for the Oilers in the last decade or so. Like, that's kind of a hallmark of this team, is every once in a while, there's going to be a meme of their defensive zone coverage post because they've left someone wide open and there's four guys facing the wrong way. Like, that's... That, that's something that has happened with this team before, but that is something that I think has to drastically improve if they're going to to come out of this series. Mentioned before, haven't had as much of Dreisaitl as I would have thought, but he is also dealing with some stuff, and I think Hyman has stepped up in a, a very big way, and I think Mike Smith really settled into his own in Game 2. We will see what kind of Mike Smith we are getting for Game Three. A couple of other notes from the series that are going on right now. As we are taping this, the Rangers are taking on Carolina in a monster game. That overtime game in Game 1 felt like a very huge missed opportunity for the Rangers. They're currently leading this game 2-1 to one as I'm recording this, so that would be a big win for them. But it feels like they are just clinging on in this series. Tampa Bay, with a 3-0 series lead over the Florida Panthers, and are just dominating them, is really surprising and I like I, I think we thought this was going to be a competitive series I believe I picked the lightning I don't know if I did a show officially stating that but I I felt like the lightning coming out of that Toronto series it was oh this is actually oh you know what I did pick the Panthers because I was worried about Braden Point's injury status and that it clearly hasn't been a concern in this series because Tampa Bay is just crushing these dudes and for Florida now 
I'm not saying like, oh, windows closed for the Florida Panthers, like that they have a, a ton of skill or whatever. But now now they have to deal with some of the uncomfortable questions that some other teams have been forced with. Hey, this was a tremendous regular season. But if you win none in the second round, what does it really mean? And how do you now alter things to accomplish what you need to accomplish? Because they ain't close to Tampa Bay right now. And also... I need to apologize to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I just figured they played a lot of hockey. They're winding down. This is still a team that finished with over 100 points in the regular season. And then you watch them against the Leafs and, oh, everyone here on this team is still very, very good. It's remarkable what the Lightning are able to do. And now they look like the best team in the East. And with Colorado having a bit of trouble against St. Louis, they kind of look like the best team in the NHL right now. And if they could, we will have a lot of time to figure this out later, but if they can pull off a three-peat in a salary cap world, my goodness, we're talking about one of the best constructed teams in the history of professional sports. So bravo Tampa Bay Lightning for what you were doing to the Florida Panthers. But I think now Florida, A, we're going to see really what they're made of coming up. They have a back-to-back, which I think sucks in the playoffs, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, I get it was an early game to a late game, but still, I hate that. Um, I don't get it. I'm sure there's something with arena availability and stuff like that that I'm just unaware of, but I I can't stand that, that there's a back-to-back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, yeah, I I think a lot of questions going to need to be asked about the Florida Panthers now as we head into this... Um, what, what looks like could be their last game. Bit of bad news uh, for both sides in the St. Louis-Colorado series as Girard is out for the rest of the playoffs with a fractured sternum, and Bennington is out after a, a collision with uh, Nazem Kadri. That it's just it's unfortunate. Um, I don't think there was anything dirty on the play. Like it's just a guy driving hard to the net. Bennington throwing the water bottle at Kadri after is just a guy being childish. And Bennington has had a lot of those moments, and it's kind of turned him from the darling of that Stanley Cup run by the Blues back in 2019 to being a guy who everyone's just kind of over it with. And that this was just a, another example of it. And then everyone immediately, oh well, Kadri obviously did something. It's like man. Like, you don't want to assume that people saying that have something else in their eyes, uh, but it, it sure seems like it when it's like, the second anything happens with Kadri, oh yeah, well, have you considered something he might have done? It's like, yeah, oh, shut the fuck up. A couple of news and notes types of things. The Toronto Maple Leafs signing Mark Giordano to a two-year extension worth under a million dollars a season is phenomenal business. It's great for Gio that he gets to play in Toronto. Obviously, that's a place that he wants to be. And it's great for the Leafs because I think Giordano was pretty productive for Toronto. And to get that type of defenseman at around a million bucks, it it checks something off of your offseason to-do list and really doesn't hinder you in a great way salary cap-wise. And if he sucks... Who cares? It's a million bucks on the salary cap. It's it's one eighty second of what you have to deal with in the salary cap world. No problem with that. I think that's a great contract from Toronto. The Blue Jays wrapping up a series win over Cincinnati by losing on Sunday. So they take two out of three from the Reds. It's still concerning this team can't hit, and I still cannot figure it out. The, the thought is that they're just pressing a little bit, but it, it that needs to stop. That This needs to be a team that can figure this out, because it's now, we're past the point of, oh, you know, it's early. We're now, like, it's May long weekend. This is something that needs to get figured out for Toronto, and I think they need to start by not chasing pitches out of the zone. This is where, I think... 
people oversimplify the, oh, it's just three true outcomes. Everyone strikes out all the time anyway, so it doesn't matter. That is kind of true. But you look at the teams that have success. How has Houston stayed good with no um, with no George Springer and now with no Correa? No one can strike them out. They, they are such a difficult team to get out. And when you're just handing teams out after out after out by chasing pitches out of the zone and putting yourself in bad positions in those at-bats time after time after time, that... Like, it just, it puts you behind the eight ball. And so Toronto can't be doing that. Um, it's good they got a series win over a bad team, but it, it this wasn't the, oh, they figured it out series that I was kind of hoping for from the Blue Jays. The basketball playoffs have kind of sucked the last little bit. It's just been, like, we've had a few close series, but it's been blow it on this side, blow it on this side, blow it on this side, blow it on this side. We would love for a close game tonight between Dallas and, and Golden State, but my word, Golden State, kind of in that Tampa Bay realm of just reminding everyone, hey, I know, like, it might look like there might have been a bit of a falling off, but we're, we're still really good. So just, hey, pay, pay attention to us. Um, lastly, as this is a, a shorter episode today, in the world of soccer, Manchester City clinching their sixth Premier League title in 11 seasons. I I don't know if... I don't, Man City gets enough credit, I guess. And Pep Guardiola get enough gets enough credit, I guess. But it is mind-boggling to me that you look at the rosters of Liverpool and you look at what Chelsea has been able to build, and now they're dealing with some shit right now. But when you look at what those two clubs have been able to put together and the fact that Man City has still been able to reign supreme over them in the league and pick up over 50% of the titles over the last five years when this is like one of the best clubs Liverpool's had and one of the best Chelsea clubs they've ever had. And if if Manchester City just doesn't exist, we're talking about potential dynasties on either side of that and they're just out here beating everyone. It is remarkable what has been put together in Manchester City when you look at, again, how dominant some of the other clubs would be if there was no Manchester City. It, it's just, it's, it is a truly, truly remarkable job of putting that team together by Pep Guardiola and everyone at Manchester City. And they're rewarded again with their sixth championship in 11 seasons. So that's going to do it for the show. Um, as mentioned before, I really am hoping to um, start to do these a little bit more regularly again, feeling a little bit better after being sick for a week, um, but just a lot changing in my life in the last little bit. And so it's been tough to get the, the schedule down, but we're working on it and going to definitely make it up to you guys at some point soon. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Enjoy the hockey tonight. Catch me on Game Over Calgary when it is all done on the SDPN YouTube channel, and I will talk to y'all soon. I promise. I'm out.